Welcome to the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church podcast, where we're listening to sermons from our pastor, Philip Coons. This week's sermon, American Idol Worship, which was preached on August the 1st of 2021. We, of course, invite you to visit us here at the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church. We are at 310 Randolph Road here in Kansas City, Missouri. We're just outside Clay Como. So come on by and say hi. And now, here's our pastor, Philip Coons. Dear precious Heavenly Father, Lord God, I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that today you will just bless us. I pray, Lord God, that you will bless our ears to hear your word, that you will, Lord God, bless our minds and our hearts to receive exactly what you want to have said today. And Lord God, I pray today that you will just speak through me, and it not be my words that are heard, but yours. I pray, Lord God, that upon this day, that it be everything that you want to have said to be said. And Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord God, that all of these things will be said the way you want it to be said, but be edified, Lord Jesus Christ, for every single one of us, Lord God. I pray that our lives be blessed because of it, Lord Jesus Christ. I pray all this in your holy, precious name, Lord God. Amen. Amen. And with that, I'm going to ask that you please turn to the book of Colossians. Chapter 3, verse 12, and that we can stand to honor it as we honor his reading of his word. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, speaks as this. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. We're to put on the heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Patience, patience. You know, originally, I was going to put this sermon together and preach it three weeks ago. Oh, God had been telling me to preach this sermon. He started giving me this sermon I started writing parts of it down, getting it all prepared. I had most of it prepared three weeks ago. So why didn't I preach it then? I felt like God told me to wait. I didn't know why, but God told me to wait. And he gave me another sermon to preach three weeks ago in his stay, in his place. And the sermon was called Why? And that sermon, I knew that God was telling me to, and I did. And I preached that sermon called Why? Questions that we asked the Lord of why, and the Lord blessed it. And so God changed it, and it was the perfect timing because then three weeks ago, I went into the hospital and I became a patient. I didn't even think about that and the perfection there of it, that I became a patient at that time. And I'm going to tell you something if you ever need to work on your patience, become a patient in the hospital. Maybe it's appropriately named. Because when you, uh, when you are in a hospital, and by the way, no offense to anyone who's ever been a nurse, Sister Barb, but, uh, <laughs> but if, if you ever have uh, been a patient in a hospital, patience is exactly what you're going to have to have. And so do the nurses, by the way. They have to have patience on you. Uh, but you, I had to be a patient. Uh, and all that week while working, uh, being a patient, I had to work on the sermon and put it together because I, I thought... I thought I was going to preach that sermon that Sunday. God 
told me I was wrong in the sense that I wasn't able to be here that Sunday, as you know. So I had to be patient again and wait to do it the next week. And then God showed me I was incorrect because it ended up being the week of having the first responders here. And I had to be patient again. And as you can see, it was appropriate that this was about patience because I had to keep showing and using patience. And if you ever want to pray that God will work on your patience, all you got to do is pray for it. And by the way, it's something you really don't want to pray for. Because let me tell you something. If you pray for it, oh, your patience will be tried. And it's not something that's fun. Uh-uh. Not at all. It's hard work. It's hard work when you're a patient and when you're a patient at the hospital, too. Never pray for patience because God will give you exactly what you pray for and your patience will be tested. Oh, my, my goodness, they will be. And my patience as a patience as a patient to the hospital was, was tried, too. In fact, I didn't, I don't know if I told you this or not, but while I was trying to become a patient in the hospital, my patience was tried because they told me to be there at 11 o'clock to be, be put into the hospital. And my mother made sure, much like my father would have, except maybe we'd been there three or three hours sooner, but we were there more than 30 minutes early and we waited and waited and waited, and we were there before we were supposed to be. And when 11 o'clock came, they came out and said, oh, your, your room is not prepared. And so we waited a little more and a little more. And an hour had gone by, and they came out and said, it's not quite ready yet. And it had been two hours by the time I got my room. And I, folks, I, I said, Lord, I know you're trying my patience, or at least allowing my patience to be tried. So that by the time the sermon gets preached, I thought it was going to be the next week, or, or that very week. I thought, by the time I get to preach the, the sermon about patience, I'm going to know exactly what it's all about. And folks, I did, and I do, now, three weeks later. Anyway, don't ever pray for patience, because you'll know exactly what you're talking about. Anyway, the name of this sermon is Be Patient. Be Patient. Because we must be patient. We must be patient. And Christians, we must be patient. We must be patient with God. We must be patient with God. We have to be patient with God. Many people want God to give them what they want, when they want it, right now. It's like we have a, a Burger King attitude. And I say that because long time ago, people would say, I want what I want when I want it. Long time ago, people say, you're away right away at Burger King now. They were the first one that had that attitude that we'll make it the way you want to make it. It used to be, if you went to a restaurant like McDonald's or whatever, you could get the way they want it. You didn't get to ask what you wanted. You just took it the way they made it for you. But Burger King was the first one that said, we will make it the way you want to. And they changed that attitude. Well, people now think that you go to God with a Burger King attitude. But the fact is, it doesn't matter all you ask for. You're not the king. Jesus Christ is the king. And so when you ask for something from the Lord God, you need to remember something. You can ask for God for anything, and he'll give it to you, be his will, in his time. We need to remember that. We'll talk about that today. We must be patient with God. As it says in Romans 12, 12, rejoice in hope, and hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. It's okay to pray and hope for things. 
But you must be patient, long-suffering. We must be patient, knowing that God will do what he knows is right. In Psalm 27, 14, it says, Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. So with that, I'm going to now read from Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. I went too far, I apologize. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And I apologize, but it looks like my bookmark fell out of place. There it is. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And we're going to read verses 1 through 15. And it says this. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to be, excuse me, a time to uproot what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. Now when it says a time of hate, it doesn't mean hating people. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean that at all. It means to hate things of the devil, hate things of the world. That, so let's, let's make sure we know that. Anyway, time of war and a time of peace. And then it goes on to say this. It says in verse 9, what benefit does the worker have in his toil? I have seen the task that God has given to, to sons of men to be concerned with. He has made everything beautiful in its appropriate time. He has also put obscurity in their hearts so that no one comes to know the work that God has done for the beginning to the end. I experience that there is nothing better for them than to be glad and to do good in their life. And also that everyone should eat and drink and experience good in all their labor. This is a gift of God. I have perceived that everything that God has done will be lasting. And to this there is nothing to be added. And from it there is nothing to be taken away. And God has done this so that in his, uh, his presence men fear him. That means respect him. That which is already been and what is 
to come has already been, and God seeks out what has been driven away. God bless and honor this reading. God has his time for all these things. God's timing is perfect, but men and women, and I'm talking about mankind here, we don't understand God's timing. So very often, we don't understand God's timing. We can't understand it, but we have to be patient with God. There's a time for all these things. A time for the Lord to do these things. And we don't understand it so often. Even this week, I've seen comments made. I've seen comments made, whether it be on, on uh, social media, and other people have said things, even on television. Even on the news, people say, well, why would God allow this to happen? I'm surprised they say it on the news, but because, you know, they don't want to talk about God. But they do talk about God when it comes to doubt him. They talk about God when it comes to belittle faith. They don't mind that. It's just when you want to build the Lord up, that's when you don't talk about the Lord, you know. Anyway, people will say those kinds of things because they are very, very what? Impatient with God. People are impatient, not understanding the Lord. Of course, the lost are impatient and don't understand the Lord God. They're impatient because they don't believe and they don't understand. They don't get it because they don't know him. And let's be honest, many Christians are impatient with God. We'll get to this in a second. It says many people, most people, are impatient with God. When one is a child and we grow up, we're very impatient a lot of times. Uh, when, we, when I uh, was growing up, uh, I'm uh, going to, a lot of times, want things when I shouldn't want things. Uh, I'm going to, a lot of times, want to do things I shouldn't. That's just how it is. A lot of times, I want to want something that I shouldn't want. You know, I'm, uh, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. But then when I grow up, a lot of times, I say, never mind. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that anymore. So as long as we follow God, though, then it's okay to do those things. For instance... A lot of times when we grow up in, in the Lord, God says, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. You know what I mean. When you're a kid, you might say, I'm going to be a nurse, or I'm going to be a doctor, or I'm going to do that, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to be an astronaut. Maybe a lot of little boys and girls said that. I'm going to be an astronaut. Then you grow up, and you can see that wasn't of the Lord. And you say, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. There's nothing wrong with wanting to do those things. And maybe God showed it was to be the case. For instance, I mentioned earlier Brian Busby. I, I've, I know I've met him a few times, and the fact is, Brian Busby saw at the age of eight a fascination with the weather. Well, God bless him. God showed him that, and he wanted to be a weatherman. And look what he's doing. To this day, from eight years, eight years old, he was wrong about the weather, and to this day, he's wrong about the weather. He was calling God to be wrong about the weather all these years. I'm so glad that God called him to be incorrect. Thank God for that. No, I'm joking, Mr. Busby. Anyway, that's wonderful. But anyhow, the point is that God can call you in an early age to know what you're going to do, but you can also a lot of times call yourself to do something, and God can say, that's wonderful, you have a fantasy of this, and that you have something you want to call yourself to do. But if you're of the Lord, and the Lord shows you that your want-tos are different than his calling on you, if you're really listening to God, he's going to correct you from you listening to yourself and you listening to him. Because there's a difference between you being your God and him being your God. We must be patient with the Lord and be patient into his calling and our calling. Because there's a difference. There's a great difference. It says in Proverbs 16, 9, the mind of a person plans his way, plans his way, but the Lord directs his 
steps. In other words, if I was to plan my way to be whatever kind of work it could be, which by the way, I've planned all sorts of work for me. You know about it, I've said it before. I planned on being an animator for Walt Disney Studios as a little kid. But God did not direct that. Philip Koontz directed that. I wanted to be a professional wrestler. You all know that as a little child. And God did not direct that. Philip Koontz directed that. And God said, no, that, that's, that's a fine little fantasy. That's, that's an imagination and that's okay. I wanted to be an artist of many sorts and do all sorts of things. It's okay to have your wonderful dreams. And some people told me, and I'm talking about the people of the world, of course, they don't, they don't know that, but they'll say, just follow your dream. The problem with following a dream is sometimes when you follow a dream, you can fall right off a cliff. And that's not good. You must be patient with the Lord God. It's okay to have your dreams as long as your dream is following the Lord. Because your dream can follow Satan, not to follow God. As long as a dream follows the Lord, it's okay to dream. I mean, we saw the dreamer Joseph. He followed God, and that's good. But if it's not following God, uh-uh. Get away from that. Do not boast about tomorrow, as it says in uh, Proverbs 27. One, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. It says in 1 Peter 5, 8, discipline yourselves, keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around looking for someone to devour. The devil may very well be hiding around the corner, wherever that corner might be. Be careful. He might be around there looking for you. He might. We might want to be careful now. Psalm 37, 7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently, wait patiently, wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of those who prosper in their way, because of those who make wicked schemes. Oh, I know how it is. I know how it is. How come my friend got to make a whole lot of money, a friend who I really love and do love, he and I were both caricature artists at World of Fun, and I felt led to walk away from that. He made a lot of money doing that. Now, he's still a great guy. He got to go out and do his dreams, our dream. He got to do all that, made a lot of money at it. Why did he get to do that? Well, he had different callings. My calling was to be obedient to the Lord. His wasn't. And it says that he didn't listen to God. And that's fine if that's what he wants to do. With me and my house, we will what? Serve the Lord. Now, that's not to say that an artist can't follow God. That's not what I'm saying at all. But that's not my calling. And that's not to say I still can't draw. I can do it. But the point is, the point is, am I going to follow up on the coin as my treasure is something greater than that treasure of God I would rather be here behind the pulpit giving people hope to the Lord I say giving no it's the Holy Spirit that gives but what I'm telling you is it's better to serve Jesus than serve self we must be patient with God because God is patient people say is God really patient I heard about things he did okay okay maybe he did God is so patient. You know, my dad, my dad made one big mistake one time. One big mistake. And his mistake was, one time he mentioned his patience behind the pulpit. And he said this one time, that he wasn't very patient. And yes, he was. He was very, very, very patient. My dad was very patient in this church with folks. Very, very patient. 
Believe me, I saw a lot of things he was patient with. He was very patient. He was patient when it took a long time to complete this church in the back part of it. He was patient with a lot of mistakes that was made. He was patient with people that was, why do you think he lost a lot of the hair? <laughs> why do you think my father went through a lot of that? No, well, my point is that a lot of times what people find to be lack of patience is the exact opposite. The exact opposite. And I'm saying this about my full father, the full father, my father God. I'm defending my father God now. My father God is so patient. When people of the world say that my father God is impatient, how dare you? He's patient with the people of this world. And if the people of the world say that God is impatient, you foolish individual. God is so patient. He's so patient that he hasn't brought in damnation and destruction upon us. He's patient with me. The times I've walked away and done stupid things, God said, son, get back here. He's patient. He's patient enough that he doesn't send us into death immediately. He's patient enough that he waits a while. He's patient. He's very patient. God was patient with Israel, with all the mistakes that they had made many and many times. He was patient with Israel when they acted like fools going back to false gods over and over again. Oh, but pastor, he allowed them to go into slavery. Yeah, and they deserved it. And then some, they deserve more. He's patient with Israel, with all they went through. Listen to what it says in Jeremiah. 29, 11, and 12. For I know the plans I have made for you. He says this to Jeremiah, talking about Israel. But he's talking to Jeremiah about him personally. He says, I know the plans I have made for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then, verse 12, then you shall call upon me and you shall come and pray to me and I will listen to you. There is a verse that I love, which I want to get to here in a minute. And it says, he must increase, I must decrease. And this is a proof that God is patient. God is patient, not just with Israel, but God is patient with his people. God is patient. God is patient with you. God is patient with you. God is patient with you. He is patient with you. He's trying to fix you. He's trying to fix you. You're saved first. You were saved first. And then he starts to fix you. A lot of times people say, well, once you're saved, you're going to heaven. And that's true. But he starts to fix you. He starts to fix you once you're saved. You know, he starts to fix you once you're saved. Once you're saved, he starts fixing you. All the things that needs to be fixed, all the cracks and all the chips, he starts defining you and fixing you. John 3.30, in that verse it says, he must increase that I must decrease. That wasn't Jesus speaking. That was John the Baptist speaking. He was speaking to people who were saying to him that there are more people now following Jesus than following me. And John the Baptist said, yes. He must increase in people following him, and I must decrease in my plan. But I often use this because it's true that we must say this when it comes to our life. There must be more of Jesus and less of me. He must increase, and I must decrease. We must be patient in God fixing us. 
So God is patient with you and God is patient with all the world, with the lost, and he's giving them time. God is patient. God is patient fulfilling his plan. God has had a plan. God has had a plan and God is patient with his plan. When he made the world, God had made the world perfect and we know what happened. We know sin came in because of man's stupidity, mankind. We know what happened. We know what happened with Adam and Eve. God is patient in the fulfilling of his plan. As it says in 2 Peter 3, 8 and 9, but do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. This is not literal, by the way. And the Lord is not slow about his promise as some can count slowness, but is patient toward you, not willing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. That's why God is so patient in fulfilling his plan. He's patient. He doesn't want anyone to go to hell. So when people say God had planned for these people to go to hell and these people to go to heaven, ah, no, no. God doesn't want them to go to hell. That's why people use that terrible phrase, you go here and you go there. No, -uh, don't ever do that. No. Or people say, well, I'm glad this person died and glad this person went there. No, don't ever do that. That is horrible. Don't do that. God is patient with fulfilling his plan and God is patient in perfecting his creation. God is patient in that. He will perfect his creation when the new world comes, when he takes care of the, everything and everything is perfect. He's patient in perfecting it because he doesn't want to do it. He wants to wait. He's going to do it. He doesn't want to do it until he gives so many people a chance. He's waiting until the absolute last moment. He knows when. And then... Boom, it's going to happen. It says in Luke 18, 27, but he said, being Jesus, he said, the things that are impossible with people are possible with God. God is going to bring the perfection back. Back. So if God is patient with this whole world, we must be patient too. And that's hard to do. But I'm a human. I know you're human. Now, I, I know, I know you may have questioned that about me at times, whether I'm human or not. Well, I am. So we must be patient. We must be patient. Romans 8.25, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So what, what must we be patient on? We must be patient with God. We must be patient with God. He's patient with us. We must be patient with him. I mean, how, how dare we not be patient with God? People say, well, if there really is a God, then I want to see this. Well, first of all, you don't give demands to God. How dare you? You don't say, if you're a real God, then you must do this. Uh, no, no, no. You don't snap your fingers and tell God what to do. Uh-uh. He, he tells you what to do. And you listen to him. He, he doesn't listen to you. Not like that. But we must be patient with God. As it says in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. As it says in Lamentations 3, 25 and 26, the Lord is good to those who wait for him. To the soul who seeks him, it is good that a man should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. 
We must be patient. Well, we're to be patient with God, and we're to be patient with others, and yes, that means we're to be patient with other Christians. We're to be patient with other Christians. I know that's hard. I know it's hard, because, I mean, looking around, I'm seeing a lot of wonderful Christian brothers and sisters, and right now, I know there are a lot of wonderful brothers and Christians in Christ who are watching me, and I know it's hard that you guys don't have such a great timing like me. And I feel sorry for you. I'm wink-winking, in case you can't tell. Uh, I joke because my timing is terrible sometimes. My timing is awful. My poor mama has to be patient with me. I have to, uh, my knees are bad. I'm not the, the uh, most quaint and, and uh, small guy, you know, so I don't have the, the smoothest rhythm when it comes to walking. Uh, I'm not quite Danny K or being probably going up and down the stairway. So my mom has to be patient waiting on me to, to leave. She's very patient with me. And I know that's hard on her, but people have to be patient with one another. We must be patient with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ in the same way. We must be patient with one another. I know that it's difficult, but the fact is we must be patient. A lot of times people say, how come this brother and sister doesn't see what I see at this moment in time? Well, remember, we're on a different level, which is to say a different rhythm, where one might be in their maturity level, and by the way, I'm not saying that I'm smarter than you or you're smarter than me. I'm saying that, that we might be on a different maturity level. You may have been, have been saved longer than me, so you might be up here. Or it could be that just because you're saved longer than me doesn't mean that you're above me or vice versa. It could very well be that I may have stayed lower even though I was saved longer. And why? Because I decided not to be obedient longer or whatever the case might be. The fact of the matter is, is we don't know where someone's at. So just because I may know certain things that you don't or vice versa, that doesn't mean we're to think poorly on the other person. We're to be patient to let those Christians catch up or vice versa. Wait. Be patient with them to their understanding. Be patient. That doesn't mean we're to excuse them when they're not being obedient to God. We're not to excuse that. But we are to be patient and loving like God is patient and loving with us. Right? Right. It says in Ephesians 4, 2 and 3, with all humility, like we said earlier, with all humility and meekness and patience, bearing with one another in love, be eager to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace, of peace, of peace. Where to keep that? This is why, even when we're not in agreement. We're to keep peace. Even when we don't understand what another one is saying, we're to keep the peace. We're to do that. I know there's times that we get under each other's skin, but we're to keep the peace. We're to be loving. We're to be compassionate. We're to take our time and be patient. We're to not to be in their face, make them feel foolish, because maybe they're not understanding it. Maybe they're not getting it yet. Or could it very well be that maybe you're not getting it and they do? Could that possibly be the case? <laughs> oh, no, surely not. Surely I'm above everybody else. Oh, that has to be it. <laughs> oh, I hate to tell you how many times I've been embarrassed because I assumed it was the case I was above everyone in that certain spiritual area. And then later on, I looked back and realized that, no, I was a dope. I didn't get it and I thought I did. And God helped me to grow up and see it. And really, I wasn't the one being patient. They were the one being patient with me. 
And I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you that that fellow Christian soldier didn't get mad at me and call me stupid and make me feel dumb. Thank you for their wonderful patience, for loving me and doing as they should have done. And I felt belittled, but not by them, but by myself. And so two other things that we're going to get to. We must be patient. Yes, we must be patient with the lost. Not be patient in what they're talking about, of course. Not making excuses for their lost vision, obviously. We're not to be in agreement with it because a lot of people do that. Well, the lost, so we're to be in agreement with them so we can get them to Christ. Well, folks, if you're in agreement with what they're talking about, that doesn't work. That makes it look as if Jesus is wrong and they're right. That doesn't work. It does the opposite of working. And we're not to do that. But we're to show love and patience and kindness and gentleness. It says this in 1 Corinthians 13. Four through seven, love is patient, love is kind, it is not jealous, love does not brag, it is not arrogant, this is about agape love now, it does not act disgracefully, it does not seek its own benefit, it is not provoked, it does not keep an account of wrong suffered, it does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth, and it keeps every confidence, it believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, we're to be loving not mean-spirited, not cruel to the people. Show love of the Lord to the people of the world. Otherwise, why would they want to come to Christ if you're being cruel and saying, oh, you're dumb? No, they're not dumb. They're not dumb. They're ignorant, which means they don't know any better. They're blind. Why would you go to the blind and say, well, you can't see anything? Well, of course they can't see anything, but they don't know they can't see anything because they can't see. And the last one in this situation is we can't, we must be patient with ourselves. We must be patient with ourselves. You know, when I was a young man, a lot of times I get mad at myself. And I know a young man who does the same thing. Gets mad at himself because he's not older. Mad at himself because he's not to the level of older children. Mad at themselves because they're not that what other people are doing, doesn't have their talents, doesn't have the ability to do other things. I used to get mad at myself because I wasn't my brother Matthew, who I love dearly. Mad at myself because I wasn't like my brother David, who I admired. I was mad at myself because I didn't have the, the cuteness of my sister Debbie. I, she had a, a, a sweet cuteness, you know, and, you know. And I was mad at myself because I didn't have some of the talents of my sister Sherry. Or mad at myself because I couldn't do what some of my other cousins could do. Or other one, I was irritated because I couldn't do what some of the other people I admired could do. But guess what? That was foolishness. I was foolishness. I must be patient with myself. I'm not supposed to be like them. I'm supposed to be what God called me to be. We must be patient with ourselves and follow the Lord God, not others. And we must be patient. Be patient. You're not going to grow up super quick. You're going to go slow. If you go too fast, you fall down fast. Go slow. Be patient with yourself. Galatians 5, 2, 2. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, and faith. As it says in Romans 5, 3 through 4, it says, Not only so, but we also boast in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces patience, Patience produces character, and character produces hope. In other words, go slow so that God can make you into what you want to be and what you need to be. 
Because that's how God made us to be. So people waited impatiently for God's timing to send his son. So very often, when we look in the Old Testament, we see that people were waiting impatient. They're waiting impatient. They're waiting impatient for God's timing, God's will. So much so, so much so that when it came to the time of Judaism, people missed the mark. They wanted what they wanted in their timing, and they missed the mark when God sent his son finally. The people of Judaism missed the mark. They completely missed the mark. And then God's timing happened. God's timing finally happened. Knowing that everything was going to be perfect, and it did. It came and it was perfect. As it says in Romans 5, 6, while we were yet weak, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. He did that. Nowadays, many people are always guessing when God is going to send his son again. When is he going to do this again? Now, people are looking around at the calendar. They're looking around on the news. They're looking around at the newspaper. They're looking around at the weather. They're looking around at Brian Busby. They're looking around at every little thing Wondering what's going to happen all the time. When's he coming? When's he coming? When's he coming? They're looking at things, trying to decide how it's going to be. But guess what? Only one person knows. It's not Joel Osteen. It wasn't Billy Graham. It's not uh, almost any other minister you can mention. It certainly isn't Brian Busby. It isn't me. It's not people I've known. Only God knows. Now, it's not wrong to wonder. It's not wrong to wonder, but I know one thing for certain. Many people miss the mark wondering and being impatient with God. Instead of being impatient with God, we need to be patient with him and be prepared for him instead of being impatient with him. We need to patiently serve him, patiently serve him while we are patient with God being patient with others, patient with other Christians, patient with the lost, and patient with ourselves as we patiently read the word, patiently grow with the word, patiently grow in prayer, patiently grow in the spirit, patiently grow every single day, and then we will patiently be ready for the Lord when he patiently sends his son and God's patient timing and we will be patiently ready when he patiently finally comes and we will patiently go to be with God when we will finally be home because God has patiently sent us to him. Because God calls us to follow him so he can lead us and call us and we're not to miss it. We're not to miss it. We're not to miss his call. Many people try to call ourselves. We try to call ourselves to do what we want to do. We try to call ourselves to do what we want to do. What do we want to do? For whether it be through our jobs, our callings to follow God, or to, to follow the Lord. He will tell us through the Spirit what our calling is in the ministry. We all have a ministry, by the way. Many people say, I don't have a ministry. I'm not to be a pastor. Well, you're probably not called to be a pastor. Only so many people are. 
I'm not saying you're not, by the way. I'm saying you're probably not. But your ministry may very well be like my dear sister back there is doing, my dear brother who's back there helping me out so very well. Your calling very well may be to be a mother or a father. Bring up those children the way you are. I'm proud of you for that. I don't know what your calling is. Only the Lord God does. I don't know. And I've talked about this recently. I'm not sure what it is. God does. But I do know that God has a timing for you. And we're to be patient. We're to be patient. Just be patient. I have a very dear Christian friend. Very dear Christian friend. Love him dearly. And he's always saying to me when I'm trying to rush the Lord, or I have at least in the past, and I was trying to rush the Lord on so many things, and I was trying to rush myself and my healing with my seizure problems, with weight problems, with so many other problems I was going through. And he would always say, whoa, 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 pastor. He'd say, slow your roll, pastor. Slow your roll, which is his way of saying, slow down, Philip. He'd say, slow down. He'd say, let God lead you, not your heart of emotion. Slow your roll. He say, don't think what you should do. Think of what God wants you to do. And so I dare say to you, brothers and sisters of Christ today, be patient. When you are going to do things that you want to do all the time, don't just do it. Slow your roll. Slow down. Think it through. And don't just think, I think I'm going to do this. I want to call this person. I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm going to, do this. I'm going to date this person. I'm going to do that. I'm going to... No, 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 no. Slow down. Slow your roll, as my friend would say. Pray about it. Is this biblical? Pick up the word. Read. Pray it through. What would God have us to do? Be patient with the Lord. He'll answer. But don't answer for him. And I'll finish by reading James 5, 8. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is drawing near. And I'm going to read that one more time. James 5, 8. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is drawing near. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, we know your time is coming. I just pray that we be ready. In fact, dear Lord, I pray if there be anyone who's not prepared for you, I pray upon this day we become prepared. I pray that we be patient for you. I know that a lot of times we're not patient. We want things now. We have come to a generation where we believe that we want everything our way right away. But, Lord, I know that's not always the way that you would have us to do. And so I pray, Lord God, that we will be patient with you, we will be patient with others, patient with ourselves. Most importantly, Lord, just patient to your will. And, Lord God, I pray that you will show us, every single one of us, what you would have us to do, Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord God, that if there is something that needs to be changed in our lives, that you'll make it absolutely crystal clear to us today. I pray, Lord God, that you will, if there be anyone who needs to come forward today and pray, that you will show them. I, I pray, Lord God, if there's anyone who needs to join today, that you, Lord, will show them that. I pray if there be anyone here today who has a, a reason of fear 
or of sorrow, that today they will feel led to come forward, Lord God. If there be anyone who's at home today and there's something that's laying upon their hearts, Lord God, I pray that they will feel led to, to call the church and that they will uh, feel led to call the pastor's number at 816-591-9303. I pray, Lord God, that you will have them do all this and that they will call out to you, Lord God. I pray this in your holy, precious name. Amen.